eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And wow, we just, uh, it's election season, isn't it? You know, we're uh, heating up. You know, there's a couple of states I thought uh, were not voting and or were voting that aren't voting, like Colorado. Um, I was looking at this map and uh, this map shows uh, that Voting already underway in Montana, Wyoming, Nebraska, South Dakota, you know, all these red states. Uh, and then, of course, the usual suspects, California, Arizona, Nevada, Georgia, Virginia, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, Maine, Vermont. Um, let's see, my state, Virginia and Georgia. Uh, I'm in uh, the belt. I'm in the Beltway in Arlington, and um, but then voting begins this week. Later this week in Washington, Nevada, Iowa, Kansas, Tennessee, North Carolina, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island. But there's still a lot of states that that I guess are grayed out. That that means that they're not voting, like Alaska, Hawaii, Oregon, Idaho, Utah, Colorado, Texas, Florida. You know. It's kind of interesting. Missouri, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, South Carolina, Oklahoma, Wisconsin, New York, New Hampshire, Connecticut, New New Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, and D.C. All are not voting yet. So it's kind of interesting, um, that breakdown. It doesn't seem to break down. Uh, it doesn't break down ideologically and uh, I, I would have thought that that did that that surprised me that surprised me a bit um, but um, you know there's a lot of clips that are st- starting to surface I have to uh, give credit to RNC research for putting out a lot of good stuff and I thought we would go ahead and take a listen to some of these clips about some of these candidates that seem to be, uh, 
you know, really sticking their foot in their mouth or or basically revealing where they stand. And so we, you know, uh, one of the things is preparing for this show. I had a difficult time because I got banned on Twitter. Huh, what are the odds of that? I think they're banning me for 10 days or something. And why? I, I don't even know why. I don't even know why. So uh, they never told me. They just banned me. And they also cut a whole bunch of my followers out. So Twitter's up to no good, just like I knew they would, uh, just like Facebook. But the thing about the social media is everybody sort of knows they're discredited. They have no credibility whatsoever. There's nothing fair and honest about it. What bothers me the most, though, about that is when I share this with my friends who happen to be liberal, they're like, well, surely you must have done something. So I remember showing, um, you know, I have a friend that's that's sort of like a Penn alum and uh, worked at Penn. And... um, and, you know, it was like, well, you know, she, she's really big into DEI, uh, diversity, equity, and um, inclusion, right? So DEI. And Penn is coming out with these new programs focused around DEI. And she works at an organization where it's global. Glo- she's a, a globalist herself. She's a European. And she is uh, really into the globalist thing, right? Could not be further apart. And she's still a friend of mine. But here's the thing. Could not be farther apart politically. But I, I, I showed her this. She said, well, these are corporate decisions. Corporations make decisions you know, and uh, that, that that affect their bottom line and their fiduciary duty and blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, so then how do you explain this, J.P. Morgan? J.P. Morgan. They choose to align themselves with Jeffrey Epstein. They don't cut his account, but they cut Kanye's account. They cut Kanye's account because he he spoke up against some people. You know, where's the free speech in all this? And one of the things we can take back at the in, in these midterms is we could at least get take back the house and we could get something done with regard to investigations. That's got to be a priority. Is we got to get a, a handle on this level of corruption. So we're going to focus a lot about that today, about not just what we're going to do to investigate Biden, but investigate the Justice Department and investigate all these corrupt entities. Because it seems like on every turn, uh, there is one corruption after another on a global scale, and it's all connected to globalism. You better believe that the Biden's corruption is connected to globalism. So there, if that's true, you could actually say that the booze that took place in Eagle Stadium, you know, in Lincoln Lincoln Field, uh, were also 
part of the anti-globalist sentiment. Let's take a listen. So, you know what they're saying here. But this is what they're This is uh, Joe Biden, an uber, uber, uber liberal Philadelphia, where Mayor Kenny, the town drunk slash mayor, is wins by 85% of the vote. <laughs> He's the town drunk. He used to go over at this uh, place over on Ray Street in 2nd, hang out there until he staggered his way home. I used to see him there all the time, getting drunk on a bottle of wine. Mayor Kinney, yeah, real loser. In any case, he's the head of the town. He's got a DA, Krasner, that allows thugs, street thugs to get out and commit new crimes. They're into cash bail and, and soft on crime. And they're in, into higher taxes and spending. It's a very liberal town, Philadelphia. I mean, how do you get to be a town drunk and mayor at the same time and get 85% of the vote? They voted for Hillary Clinton, like 80, 90, almost 90%. You know, and she lost the state of Pennsylvania. They're out of touch. They're out of touch. So let's take a listen to this. This is Jill Biden somehow waving to a bunch of what she thinks are adoring fans, but they're not adoring her at all. It's kind of crazy. And they're smiling like they don't even know what's really hitting them. They, they don't know what's going on. But they're smiling and clapping as if they don't hear what's going on. But there was all kinds of mics around that stadium. And they there was no ambiguity whatsoever. And so that was kind of an interesting thing. You got a guy named Fetterman uh, who basically I think is going to lose to Oz, especially after he gave this clip. This, this to me is... Is, is where we need to be. Yesterday we played a clip from Katie Hobbs who couldn't explain her position on abortion. The reason why she doesn't want to boldly admit her position is because she supports infanticide. And by her not answering the question, there shouldn't be any law standing in the way of abortion, leads me to believe that they support infanticide. Because that's usually been the case in every argument where people have made that. They they are afraid of that word infanticide because it, it kills them politically. And so I think that's what happened to me on Twitter is I said Katie Hobbs supports infanticide. That's uh, not supported by Arizonans or any Americans that I know of, except for the radical left. Well, let's take a listen to... Uh, Fetterman, his position on abortion. Restrictions on abortion? I don't. I've always believed... Even in the third trimester? I, 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 I believe that choice is between a woman, her doctor, and a god if she prays to one. For any restrictions on abortion? I don't. I've always believed... Even in the third trimester? I, 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 I believe that choice is between a woman... And you know what? 
You know who's starting to get this message? That this is destroying their their communities? Black people. Black people are starting to really get wind of what's going on. There was a black American culture war live debate. There was a culture war, black American and uh, the first time I ever got turned on to a lady named Shamika Michelle. Shamika Michelle and this walk away debate uh, I think is long overdue. I mean, I, I didn't know what was going on. I got these clips after the fact. It was on um, Epoch Times or uh, tele- television, digital television. And I have to say, this blew me away. It really was. And she works with uh, Jason Whitlock. And she works over at The Blaze. And she does some other stuff. So she's a media personality. And she's debating against a bunch of liberals. There's a series of three clips I'm going to share with you that just blew me away. And, you know, you take someone like Candace Owens or you take someone like uh, Kanye West. You know, Kanye West uh, has just been crucified, right, in the media and demonized by J.P. Morgan. I mean, they cut $140 million dollars his honor and cut it loose. They don't. His money's not green anymore. But let's take a listen to this lady named Shamika Michelle, a a black, a beautiful black woman, um, striking in her looks, good looks. But in in addition, speaking up and saying things that the black community just doesn't say out loud. But think it inside. Does actually need strong nuclear families. All right here. So, yes, I think that the black community does actually need strong nuclear families, but not because we're black, but because that's the natural order. Amen. And so I think it would be safe to say that Reese may not be a Christian because when God looked at man, he said it's not good for man to be alone. He gave him a woman. He didn't give him a village. He didn't give him the community. He said, be fruitful and multiply to this man and this woman. So it's supposed to be God husband, wife, child. And that's the natural order. And that's why I think we can see some of the foolishness that we see in the black community because we are out of order. And we can make up all of this stuff that sounds good. I'm from a single parent home and I'm not somewhere cracked out in the street selling my body. However, that is not ideal. It would have been better for me to be in God's order to have a mother and a father to raise me. And that's just what it is. You know, the effect that it's had, we've had women for generations now saying that they don't need a man and we have boys that don't want to be one. (laughs) How do you like me now, right? Oh, I just love that. That was, that was superb. Now, you know what she says about, um, well, let's see right here. Natural order, and that's why I think we well, can see some of the when, foolish. Yeah, when she said uh, it, it doesn't, it it doesn't take a uh, a village, it doesn't take a community. I mean, all those things are really important to society. But what she's driving home at there is 
too often. Like Kamala Harris was just on um, a talk show, and she was basically saying that children belong to the community. The children belong to the state. I mean, she said that. And I'm thinking to myself, no, no, no. That's exactly what McAuliffe, that's how McAuliffe lost to Youngkin in Virginia. He was basically like, parents don't know as much as teachers. Have you seen some of these teachers with their pink hair and pierced noses? Talking about woke this and cisgender that? And CRT this and and uh, all kinds of crazy stuff. So, you know, and the bias is just there, you know. You can wear this hat, you can wear a Black Lives Matter t-shirt, but you can't wear a MAGA hat. One's racist and one's not. I've never met more racism until I took a look at Black Lives Matter, studied what they were all about, and realized... They're just nothing but a bunch of street thug Marxists that hate democracy, that hate our republic, that hate our country, and just consider them, use the uh, whole victimization thing in order to generate funding so that they could buy million-dollar homes. Not one penny of their stuff has gone, all their revenue has gone to the black communities, and yet our government tells the State Department to put Black Lives Matter flags up at the top of embassies in almost every other country. And you still have these corporations with Black Lives Matter signs in their windows. You know, I was talking to Leonora about it, and she was like, it's almost like they're they're, uh, putting a uh, businesses in some of these towns are putting a Black Lives Matter sign up so they don't get looted. Because that's what Black Lives Matter does. They burn stuff to the ground. And you're going to hear another clip associated with this about how uh, Shamika Shamika Michelle was talking about um, stop attacking ourselves, attaching ourselves to negativity in our culture, in our effort. Uh, to hold on to the black card. Let's take a listen to this. And then there's one on abortion that's a little a little racy and colorful. Um but it's worth it's worth playing. And um Yeah, I want to make sure I get the right clips here. Um Yeah, okay. So here here we go. All right. So this clip is this clip is also in light of uh, stop destroying ourselves and live with personal responsibility. Okay, so this is kind of a a great clip here. Um, let's take a listen to this. Um, I'm dealing with a different player. I'm feeding everything off of Facebook instead of Twitter since Twitter's been Twitter blocked me, locked me out. <laughs> it's an election season, right? You know, we got how many days till the election? Of course. They're banning me until those many days are over. It's, uh, you know, it is what it is, folks. We live in a very screwed up society where liberals don't want honest debate. That's why they didn't want to debate this season. But there were debates last night, and we can share a little bit of that, too, too with you. But uh, let's take a listen to Shamika Michelle. 
What is your vision for the black community in 2040 and how can we get there? What I would like to see is to make America great again. And so many times when a black person says that, we like to say, well, when was America ever great? We love going back to slavery, but America was great to me when I could actually walk through my neighborhood and there was family and there was community and I could take my report card and get a dollar for the A's or 50 cents for the B's. America was great when I could go to my neighbor's house and walk right in. The door didn't have to be locked. There wasn't an alarm on. I could go get an ice cream sandwich because that's how we loved each other and crime wasn't at an all-time high. That's when America was great for me. America has always been great in my lifetime. So what I would like for us to see as black people is to stop attaching ourselves to negativity in our culture in an effort to hold on to our black card. Because so many times we attach ourselves to lies and things that are detrimental to our community simply to remain cool. We'll say a lot of lies. We won't have responsibility. We won't take accountability for the things that we know are killing us. We won't take responsibility for the things that we know are killing our community. And the reason they can take over the country is because they took over the family, which then took over the community. And now as a country, we're standing here looking crazy because we stepped away from responsibility and accountability. So when it comes to being in 2040, I want us to realize that we have to stand up and be responsible. We have to be accountable and we have to make sure we shame and turn away from the negative things that will hinder us in our faith, our family, and our country. See, that's all it is. Is It's always been understood that in America, if you play by the rules, if you, uh, and not just the rules of government or the rules of law, but the rules of society and the rules of just sort of uh, that are associated with getting ahead in life, you know, saving, going to school, learning a new skill, um, and then not surrounding yourself. I know so many holistic people that <clears throat> choose not to turn the news on because it's too negative and they don't want that negative energy in their life. And that's good for them. It works for them. Sometimes I get so exhausted with the world of politics. It's brutal. You know, it's just brutal and exhausting. I'm like, why didn't I get into sports? Why didn't I do something more fun than this? This is not fun. This is not fun, but it is fun in one sense. I can't, I can't stop thinking about these things, but, you know, it would be nice to just tune it out every once in a while. Put that cell phone down. Put it, you know, just put it in the drawer. Shut it off. And uh, go out on the porch and read a book, right? I mean, those were the days when things were a lot more simple. Make America great again. It's not a bridge to the past. It's not a bridge to <clears throat> white male dominance or any of those things that the liberals would like to try to tell you to do. It's exactly what she said. I thought that one of the best things that she said there, Shamika Michelle, was when they would get a uh, quarter for a good grade and a 50 cents for an, a better grade, you know, whatever, whatever it was. But it just it was the simple things in life. Family, 
the family unit, and everything else in between. Now, there's one other clip here. Now, this one's a little little tough. This one is a little aggressive. It's about abortion rights. And it starts off with a liberal woman who is basically going back to, like, we were in the plantation, blah, 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 you know, the whole liberal spiel, the whole CRT thing, whatever. Um, and Shamika Williams addresses that. And she does it in a way that uh, I think you might find it a little um, intense. So just be prepared. <laughs> but it's, uh, I think it's worth a listen. So let's take a listen. All right. This is about, this is the black community's debate uh, on abortion rights. This was called the walk away <clears throat> oh, debate. And it was uh, highly intense. Let's take a listen to this. The Supreme Court's Roe v. Wade decision opens the door to statewide bans and subsequent rulings that will harm black people disproportionately. Since the Roe decision in 1973, 19 million black babies have been aborted, which is nearly half of the current black population in America. How can the organization that insists they have the authority on protecting black lives also claim it is detrimental to black people to have restricted access to a procedure that has ended 19 million black lives? A black woman has never had autonomy over her body in this country. She was used as a baby manufacturing machine for her slave owner who needed more and more people when they stopped allowing slaves to be brought over to the United States. I just want to ask Reese as a black woman if she had autonomy over her body when she cocked her legs up and got that baby in her Okay, we're going to just go ahead and say no, no, absolutely not. Hold on. So just to be clear, you're asking literally, does she have autonomy over her body because she... Her point was black women have never had the ability to have autonomy over our bodies, and that is a lie. This is 2022, and women have the ability to decide yes or no, I want to have sex or I don't. I want to take birth control or I don't. We need to stop telling these lies as if we just happen to fall on a penis and get pregnant. That's not how it works. My mother was raped at 14, walking to cheer camp. I am that baby. So when y'all sit here and talk about something that is less than 1% of all abortions, as if that is the, the reason why we have abortions, that is not the truth. And I want us to stop lying about it. And I want us as women to be responsible and have accountability and stop trying to blame everybody else for what's going on with our bodies. Wow. <laughs> that, that is just so intense. And, uh, you never hear this. Uh, I've been I've been uh, crying about. I've been trying to not crying, pushing for debates. I kind of miss the uh, the uh, Norman Mailer Gore Vidal uh, debates on um, the Dick Cavett show. You know, back in the '60s, or you'd get some white uh, uh, racist on talking to Malcolm X. I mean. These were great discussions. Um, we don't have that anymore. We have segregated uh, news cycles. And, uh, you know, and, and, and I kind of like, uh, I like it when two opposing sides can intertwine. 
Um, I know in D.C. here sometimes these organizations, these nonprofit organizations will put together debates from a liberal magazine and a, and a conservative magazine, and together they'll have a, a good, honest, wholesome debate. And, uh, you know, that's always nice. Here's a guy named Pastor Mark Burns says that Kanye West is not crazy. Let's take a listen. Kanye West is not crazy, but he's speaking truth. This is why he's under attack. And I sympathize with the brother because anyone, especially a black man in America, that is speaking against a white liberal agenda that is designed to destroy families and is designed to influence our children in the public school systems, telling our children that it's okay to involve yourself in sexual experimentation outside the marriage is okay. And the pornographic materials is okay through the books in the public school libraries and in the school libraries is okay. No, Kanye West is not crazy. He's actually hitting the hammer on the nail. And I for one think that there should be more people who are bold enough to speak out publicly what millions are saying privately. All right. Yeah, apologize for the audio quality of that. But, um, you know, these are things that need to be said, especially by the uh, black community who has uh, been targeted by Planned Parenthood for decades. And when you uh, take a look at that statistic, 19 million people um, slaughtered. Um, so, you know, Kanye West is is right and uh you know when he's when he on on the issues that he's talking about so how dared someone like JP Morgan um you know take that away from him uh so you know it it is what it is though you know Jamie Dimon though uh from JP Morgan uh has now come out uh even though he um he's come out and he spoke up against in some ways, ESG, this environmental uh, scoring system. Let's take a listen to Jamie ba- Jamie Dimon uh, on Capitol Hill speaking uh, on C-SPAN. And it says, J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon on BlackRock World Economic Forum ESG agenda. We need investment in the oil and gas complex investment in the oil and gas complex is good for co2 let's take a listen uh what do you think our nation's near-term energy strategy should be in terms of traditional energy sources like oil and gas we aren't getting this one right the world needs 100 million barrels effectively in oil gas every day and we're going to need it for 10 years to do that we need proper investing in the oil gas complex Investing in the oil and gas complex is good for reducing CO2 because what you've all seen is that because of the high price oil and gas, particularly for the rest of the world, uh, you've seen everyone going back to coal, not just poor nations like India and China, Indonesia and Vietnam, but wealthy nations like Germany, France and the Netherlands. CO2 is getting worse. We need to have proper rules and regulations and government policy to have an effective transition to reduce CO2, keeping energy secure. We've all learned that energy supply globally is not secure, is still precarious. 
Uh, the United States is self-sufficient. You know, we uh, use and produce 10 million barrels of oil a day. Many countries don't, and their sense of energy insecurity is enormous, and it is quite dangerous for them. And you see that in Germany and the war uh, of Russia and Ukraine. You know, I also saw a report, and I don't have that clip with me. Or I don't know, I'm not even sure it was a clip. I read it maybe. But it said something to the effect that uh, we have enough oil for centuries, number one. And in those centuries, we could develop all kinds of great new things. I heard Ted Cruz say uh, to an environmentalist, uh, and I played that clip multiple times on this show, that the chief reason why America has done so well with regard to CO2 emissions is because we switched from coal to natural gas and powering up our electricity. That's another thing I would like to say. And and then uh, thirdly, I also read that when you dig for oil or drill, uh, drill for oil, um, the earth can replenish the oil. It's almost like something, it, it, it's, it's not finite. Once you remove it, it, it never goes back. It's, it doesn't work like that. The earth is constantly heating up and, and producing more oil. The earth does. Because of the inner layer of the earth, the heat, um, oil comes from a, a byproduct of all of that chemistry that's inside the earth. And uh, so that's kind of interesting as well. Um, it says here, the sage of union recently, Liz Truss from the United Kingdom met shady U.S. banker Jamie Dimon, a billionaire coordinating the demise of our democracies. It's pretty obvious she was told that the World Economic Forum, BlackRock, Vanguard, etc. expected being associated with Gates Foundation and World Economic Forum, both criminal conspiracies should be prescribed. So basically, J.P. Morgan, of course, answers to the to the big to, to the big wigs at BlackRock. But it's interesting um, about this uh, PayPal. There is there's some talk that that uh, they're struggling financially. Uh, it says here, um, the people, oh, but the people on PayPal are all connected to BlackRock and the World Economic Forum. So go figure, you know, their most recent decisions to um, penalize uh, penalize people $2,500 for saying the wrong thing of course, is what we're trying to avoid, you know, that digital currency, um, all of that stuff. Um, <clears throat> there's so many different areas we can get into here. It doesn't take intelligence to know that carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is essential for the survival of every carbon-based life form on planet Earth. And yet here we are decimating the planet in the process of pretending to save it while becoming slaves to corporate fascism. Wouldn't that be something if we get rid of so much CO2 that we lose our rainforests that impacts something else? You know, um, think about it. CO2 is not necessarily a bad thing. We need it to survive. And just like the COVID so a answer, 
right? How, how many people committed suicide? How many people have myocarditis? How many people have, have uh, depression? How many people have lost their livelihood, their, their, their business that they worked on building for decades, lost it overnight? How many people no longer have health care because they had it through their corporate job that they lost thanks to COVID? How many people? How many people now have cancer because they weren't able to go to the hospital because of this whole ruse called COVID? And guess what? They're now coming up, I think it was the United Kingdom, but they're now coming up with a new, a new strain that's 80% deadly of COVID. They're, they're manufacturing it. They're making it. They've come up with a new strain of COVID. It's 80% more deadly. Well, geez, you know, they're going to come out with then some stupid vaccine that's going to say, if you take this vaccine, you're 100% chance you won't get, get it. Well, where have we heard that before? They are dying. They are struggling to get people to vaccinated because then, you know, we've heard these... Uh, exposés, uh, even the guy from Pfizer said they could put a chip into your uh, pill and the pill goes into your stomach and it dissolves and it tells people whether or not you've been vaccinated or not. <clears throat> Compliance. And he's the guy that's profiting from this. And this is the part that gets me the most. Is there so much corruption in all this? Let's take a listen to this. Listen to this guy at the European Union talking about how they ordered 10 million doses. Or was it 10 billion? It was it was uh, 10 billion, I think, doses. Or at least uh, money. She signed contracts to purchase 4.6 billion COVID vaccine doses worth 71 uh, million pounds contracts that are still not fully released to the public. And this is Ursula, uh, Ursula von der Leyen. She must resign. Let's take a listen. He's showing these contracts. They're all redacted. Why is this stuff redacted? Why is it hidden from the public? It's, it's your money. You're the one paying for it. You should not be in the dark when it comes to them taking your money and spending it. Where's all the money going when it goes to Ukraine? Where's that money going? Nobody can even account for what that money is doing. But it must be going to movie sets because, like I said yesterday, they're blowing smoke around tanks and doing foot war footage. They're, it's unbelievable the kind of green screen technology that they're using to make it look like Zelensky's in a war zone. This guy's worth nearly a billion dollars. Nuts. Mr. President, dear colleagues, Ursula von der Leyen must immediately and unconditionally resign from her position as president of the European Commission due to the fact that her actions are currently criminally investigated by the European Public Prosecutor's Office. EPPO just announced a few days ago 
that is investigating the way the contracts were signed between the European Commission and the producers of vaccines. And this is what the Court of Auditors just stated in the report released a few days ago, and I quote, the Commission has signed up to November 2021 71 billion euros worth of contracts on behalf of the member states to purchase up to 4.6 billion COVID-19 vaccine doses. That means that she purchased 10 doses of vaccines for every EU citizen based on contracts that were never released to the public. This is how the contracts that she signed with these pharmaceutical companies were released to the public. How is this possible in a European Union that is called to be transparent? with the way he's using people's money. So I'm asking again and calling again for immediate and unconditional resignation. Thank you. It's a lot, a lot of wasted money, a lot of laundering going on with all of these things. And they're doing it all at the same time. And that's the, that's the thing that's so frustrating about the whole thing. Now, let's take a listen to Tim Ryan. So a lot of debates were going on. Now, Tim Ryan and J.D. Vance debated again. I think it's their second debate last night. And um, here, he doesn't want to admit this, but he was uh, supporting eliminating cash bail. Let's take a listen to to this. This is, explain this to the, you know, this is the result of, this is the reason for high crime. And he supported it because Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi supported it. Tim Ryan. Who are in jail right now are there pre-trial, right? People who have not been convicted, they retain their presumption of innocence. Um, and we're seeing states end cash bail state by state. Would you support that yeah. nationally? Yeah, I think the bail system is inherently unfair. Uh, and it, what it does is it just it sets people down a spiral of not being able to go to work, not being able to take care of the kids. Then you have adverse childhood experiences, and all of a sudden a parent's not at home. It's not much different than what we talk about when we see these kids separated from their parents through the immigration situation that we're dealing with in the United States. Show up, your, your dad's gone and your mom's gone. And then you watch how this happens. There's a great article in the New York Times, I think it was, about adverse childhood experiences. Those, those traumatizing experiences for kids lead to mental health issues, physical health issues, obviously behavioral issues. So I would be for eliminating it. So I don't see him winning. And, uh, you know, with Fetterman supporting infanticide, I don't see him winning. I see... Uh, Herschel Walker, uh, coming out of his debate, although I thought he could have done a better job with his debate against Warnock. Warnock is a very unlikely character. And uh, I see uh, Warnock prevailing. I I think that Laxalt uh, can win in Nevada. Uh, And also, I think that, uh, you know, Blake Masters should be able to beat Kelly. Kelly, uh, you know, can't explain away his record in Arizona. So I think that one of the things that's going to help Blake Masters is Carrie Lake. She's so dynamic. And I think that one of the things that's going to hurt Kelly is Katie Hobbs, who also supports infanticide and won't debate. 
and is a coward. And so, you know, it's just a constant reminder of the election rigging and the things that are going on. I think Arizona is a much more liberal state than we give it credit for. But still, if you take those and you you have these colorful candidates, Tudor Nixon, Tudor Dixon in uh, Michigan running for governor against Whitmer, um, there's a lot of great candidates that are conservative that have a strong message to sell. And then you have these people that are more than likely going to win. Marjorie Taylor Greene just lighting it up and doing a great job with these debates. Um, and uh, and it's just one of those things where you have um, winning a winning message all the way around. And I think that some of that's going to have the impact of uh, what you would consider to be coattails. And and then you have the uh, standard bearer in chief, right? You have this guy, Donald Trump. Let's take a listen to what he has to say. Sounds like a yes to me. Would anybody like me to run for president? <laughs> so this is a... Um, this is at the Faith and Freedom con- uh, Conference that was uh, over the weekend. Uh, I wanted to play this yesterday, but we're playing it today. Would anybody like me to run for president? Tell me he didn't win in 2020. Uh, you look at Joe Biden eating his ice cream, saying our economy is as strong as hell when we're, you know, going down the tubes in a basket. You know, I mean, just in the tubes real quick. Uh, listen to this. This is uh, where in ju- juxtapose this with uh, him eating ice cream, uh, Joe Biden, and talking about our economy is strong as hell. This is the most ridiculous lie I've ever heard, and this is going to be the one. I said, Bill Clinton campaign manager James Carville once accurately said to voters, it's the economy, stupid. Biden has lost the middle class of for- a f- has cost the middle class a fortune as a result of his bad policies. This is going to be a middle class referendum against globalism and the liberal left. Let's take a listen to this. Since President Biden took office, monthly savings have collapsed, falling 83%. The average 401k plan had over $135,000 at the start of this year. Today, those assets have shrunk on average to about $101,000. In other words, the average 401k plan is down about 34 thousand dollars more than 25 percent in less than one year biden took office monthly savings have collapsed falling 83 percent the average for whoops sorry about that it repeated i'm like i said i'm dealing with some controls here that um i'm not used to but uh that's because 
I usually feed everything off of Twitter, but, you know, what can you say? They cut me down in an election week. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. I wanted to take a listen to... Uh, all right. Well, we have we have this other clip I wanted to play. This is actually Megyn Kelly. Megyn Kelly talking about the dynamics between President Trump, who you just heard overwhelmingly has support of the conservative movement. Um, and you, you kind of wonder what that's doing to the WinRed RNC funding, uh, because I think that Trump is gobbling up most of the dollars. Um, but let's take a listen to uh, Megyn Kelly. She's asked by the Rubin Report um, a great question about the the DeSantis uh, Trump dynamic. I think this is actually kind of an important question and a, and a very sound, solid answer. Take it from somebody who knows. Megan owes the demise of her career to Donald Trump because she went after Donald Trump, I think, in an unfair way. And ended up on the short end of the stick. And uh, she realized probably firsthand more than anybody how polarizing or how how difficult it is to go against someone with that type of momentum that Donald Trump has. And I think it's the reason why we saw so much election fraud in the 2020 election. Because they knew that they were going to have to basically show all their feathers, show all their true colors. And show that, you know, it became a smash and grab operation. There was no stealth to the Democrats' steal of the 2020 election. Because they couldn't afford to. The algorithms were broken. And they just had to go, you know, gangbusters in, in in the world of fraud. But let's take a listen to this. What, what do you want to happen with the Trump-DeSantis thing? Well, I just don't think anybody else could win if Trump runs. So, and I don't, I just, really? I don't Really? So you, know. you think if they got on a stage, you, you don't think that DeSantis is, is crafty enough or the record no. stands enough to, really? Interesting. No. I don't even think that a little. Um, I think Trump sucks up all the energy in every room, no matter what. And even someone as skilled as a politician and smart policy-wise as DeSantis can't overcome that. He can't. The only way DeSantis is going to become the Republican nominee is if Trump chooses not to run and endorses him or dies. (laughs) Like, I just don't see a world in which Trump says, I want it. Let's say he says, I want it. And DeSantis beats him fair and square in the primary. You really think the hardcore MAGA is going to abandon Trump for DeSantis? They're not. I talk to them all the time. I, I take calls from them on my radio show and they won't. They they like DeSantis. But they don't think it's his turn. They think Trump was screwed out of his last election, that he was screwed out of his first term by all the craziness and the Russia gate and so on. And they think he's he is entitled. He deserves another shot at it. And so unless Trump gracefully and graciously says, get behind DeSantis, I, I wouldn't put any chips on DeSantis at all. That's exactly what I said. I said Trump deserves it. He took the slings and the arrows. Let's take a listen to this before we head out of the Dodge today. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene gave a great response. Let's take a listen to this. All right, this is to uh, Marjorie Taylor Taylor Greene there. Uh, You're well known for making controversial statements. 
detail your process for vetting and fact-checking your statements that you make. Actually, we, we heard that one. Um, that's not the one. We listened to that one yesterday. She gave, she gave a, a great debate answer. Um, and uh, that was a great response, too, that she just gave. I might go back to that. Um, oh, right. Here it is. Boom. Okay. Let's take a listen to this. Party. The Democrat Party is the party of child abuse. It's the party that represents grooming children and sexualizing them in school, teaching anti-white racism in the terms of CRT education and genital mutilation of kids, kids that can't even get a driver's license, can't get a tattoo and cannot vote. How do you stand there and represent the Democrat Party as a father? And do you believe in genital mutilation of children under the age of 18 and, and these puberty blockers that have severe health party <laughs> it's just great stuff there um it's absolutely great um that she is so outspoken now you know what i don't want to jip you um but this is uh this was the response that she gave um that was pretty good too let's take a listen to this king controversial statements detail your process for vetting and fact-checking your statements that you make in public and post social media can you tell me what's controversial controversial about defending this, the freedom of speech or what's controversial about um, defending our border or saying we need to – can you tell me – give me an example? No, you do this every time we have a debate where you a, I ask a, a question that's obvious and you're like, what do you mean? You were kicked off of your committees for saying things were controversial. You've apologized for controversial statements, right? Those types of things. What is your process for fact-checking and vetting the things that you say in public? I, the, the things I say in public are the truth, and that's why they're so offensive to Democrat activists in the media just like you. And you're asking me a blanket question with no example. I stand by the things that I say. I stand by saying that we need to secure our border, that we need to protect all of our freedoms and our rights, that we need to stop the America last Democrat communist policies that are destroying our country. I stand by the words that I say. They're just offensive to Washington, D.C. and the swamp creatures there because the words that I I speak are the same as as Americans back home, the same as people in Georgia's 14th district. And the words that I speak are the truth. And you want to know something, Josh? Sometimes the truth hurts and Washington deserves to hear it. We're yeah, they do. And, uh, you know, I just want to um, uh, end, the, end the show today uh, by uh, asking you to pay. Uh, check out Genesis Gold. It's 800 800- Three eight five four six five three to turn your IRA into gold and silver. That's eight hundred three eight five gold eight hundred three eight five four six five three. Also check out tacticalcivics.com. Check out magapack.org, and use Red State as your promo code. We'll see you next time on the radio.